So there's a story that's been going around for years that has found kind of new tread this year um, on the internet. I'm not exactly sure why, but it's that time when Santa Claus punched somebody out. <laughs> and uh, it's an important part of history that I think we need to address because everybody's gotten really excited about this year. I've seen so many things on Insta FaceTwit about that time when Santa Claus punched somebody out. Okay, let's discuss. The story is that St. Nicholas uh, was at uh, the Council of Nicaea and that Arius, a bishop from Libya, was teaching that Jesus wasn't really God. And they got into such a debate that Nicholas punched him out. That's the story. Actually, it's not exactly the story, but it's mostly the story. The story's been around for a long time. It's been around for a really, really, really long time, okay? That Nicholas smacked down Arius, which is not entirely the story. It's picked up steam, I think, because you can do such fun little memes on InstaFace Twit. You know, do not make me smack you kind of, kind of thing. Very different take on the whole naughty list and what happens. It's like, nope, not Cole, Smackdown. Um, and because I think all of the culture wars going on between people, we kind of like the idea that even nice guys get to smack somebody down. Even Santa Claus is going to lose it sometimes if you're messed up enough. And uh, who doesn't want to see a Santa Claus that can, you know, just take out the bad guys, right? If somebody's wrong, smack them. Now, there's some problems with this. Um, even though people keep posting, yeah, that's, that is my kind of Santa, right? This is, this is the tough guy Santa that I want to see. This is the kind of guy that we want to be our Santa Claus. I'm not sure that that's exactly the truth, but we keep making movies about tough guy Santa Claus, and we love this idea. But there are some issues. First of all, we don't entirely know that Nicholas was at the Council of Nicaea. He was supposed to be. A lot of historians say that he was, but he didn't actually sign in the guest book like most of the bishops did. So he may not have been. But there were historians that said, yes, yes, he was absolutely there. Probably should have been there. We think he was there. But even those historians said, well, he didn't technically smack down Arius. What he did was box the ears of an Arian leader. Uh, it's, it's the fancy way of saying you get smacked him upside the head. You know, it's like slapped him on the side of the head. It's not like he punched Arius, but he said there was a leader that was preaching something that he didn't like. Okay, so maybe it happened. Maybe it didn't actually happen. Maybe people go, I, I, I don't care. Why would I, why would I care if it happened? Well, I mean, first off, maybe it didn't, but maybe it's just a fun story. But um, um, but uh, it, it bothers me how many people are really excited about this idea. How uh, many people just really love the idea of Santa Claus smacking somebody? Because who wasn't want to see Santa Claus smack the truth into somebody? Go online and you find lots and lots of different people really enjoying this. We need more people that kind of fire and commitment. We, sounds like my kind of saint. Smack the truth into them. My kind of guy. It's an actual screenshot from, from InstaFace Twit. It bothers me a little bit. I mean, can you smack the truth into somebody? Even if this did happen, even if Santa, even if St. Nicholas did do this, 
I don't care what your politics are. I don't care what, what side of the things on you feel about Santa. Isn't the whole point of Christmas supposed to be about Christ? Supposed to be about the birth of Christ? And if it is about the birth of Christ, isn't... Well, help me out here. Does Christ ask us to take up arms, to take up fists and fight for him? Does he? I'm amazed how many people on both sides of any given issue do it, though. Because they love Jesus, they're going to fight Mick. Because Molly said something they don't like, they're going to attack. But that's not the Christ that was born in Bethlehem. That's not, that's not what we read in Scripture. I'm remembering a different Jesus that reminded us that they are not, whoever they are in any given instance, they aren't the enemy. Those people that are clearly wrong, those, those people who are hurting people, they're not the enemy. They're the deluded collaborator, but they're not the enemy. They're the people that you're fighting for because they're as victimized as the people they're victimizing. They're the abused who are abusing. I don't want to abuse them and perpetuate the cycle. Do you? Do you? I'm reminded that at Christmas time, the Jesus who was born in Bethlehem was the one who said, these are the people I want you to reach out to. Because these are the people I reached out to. The they, anybody that you would say, they are so contrary to walking with God that they are my they. They are the ones I specifically was born to walk alongside. They are the ones I specifically shared in my ministry. They are the ones I sat down to eat with. They are the ones I died for. They are the ones I said, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. They are the ones. That's what I see in Scripture. All of which leads me to talk about one last miracle baby. For the last month, we've been talking about miracle babies, right? Babies that for one reason or another, there's just... No earthly way that baby could have been born, right? So we talked about who? We talked about Isaac. We talked about Samson. We talked about Samuel. We talked about John the Baptist. Last night we talked about Jesus. There's one more miracle baby that I know of, at least in Scripture, that there's no earthly way this baby could have been born. You. You and me, Christians, no earthly way. We're miracle babies. Because think about it. This is where we're coming to. This is, this is what we're trying to do is focus on the Lord. And you are a gift. Your new life in Christ is a gift. And the scripture is extremely clear. It's not a gift that anybody other than God could have given you. What did Paul say? In 2 Corinthians he said, If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has gone, the new has come. It's not like joining a club or adding a, a group to your, to your schedule or gently bettering yourself. This is about being born again into something brand new, something fundamentally different. And it's not natural because Paul says, all of this is from God. It's not from you. It's not from me. It's from God. To the Ephesians, he said, it is by grace, God's unmerited, unnatural, unearned favor that you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It's the gift of God. Not by your works at all, because I don't want anybody to boast. 
where the disciple John wrote in his gospel, to all who received him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, children born not of natural descent or of human decision or husband's will, but born of God. How many times does the Bible have to say something before it's true? Over and over again, we're getting in scripture that you have been given new life. Not just a, an improved one, not just a band-aid. You have been born again, and that is a gift. And it couldn't have come from you. The truth is, if you're a Christian, if you have been born again as an adopted child of God, you are a miracle baby. Because there is no earthly way that you could have earned it. No earthly way that somebody else could give it to you. No pastor or priest can come, lay hands on you and go, boom, now you have new life. It doesn't work like that. It's a gift from God. It comes from God. I know that can be hard sometimes to wrap our heads around because sometimes we say, yeah, but I mean, you, you've got to do at least. God says, just, I reach my hand to you, reach back. Believe, confess, live like that. That's, that's my gift. I expect you to live in that, but to receive that, there's nothing you can do to earn it. It's confusing. Mary was confused about how she could give birth to Jesus. Nicodemus, years later, is confused as to how he could have new birth. In John's Gospel, chapter 3, Jesus is telling Nicodemus, this, this religious leader, I tell you the truth, no one can see the kingdom of God unless he is born again. And a good person. And earned it. And let's be honest. If you're a good person and you earn it, you don't really need to believe in Jesus Christ, right? What is the deciding factor? Is it how good you are? Is it your effort? Or is it a gift of grace from God that you need to accept in Jesus Christ? One of those is the deciding factor. Which is it? You're not going to see the kingdom of heaven unless you have been born again. And Nicodemus says, I don't get that. How can you be born again? How can a man be born when he's old? And you can't enter a second time into his mother's womb. I don't really know how that works. And to his credit, I mean, Nicodemus heard the words coming out of Jesus' mouth, but it's hard for him to listen to what he was saying because it sounded like he's saying, climb back into your mom, and it doesn't work like that. And Jesus says again, I tell you the truth again, which means really, really listen. No one can enter the kingdom of God unless he is born of water and the spirit. And I know that that can mean any one of a number of different things. But whether you say, well, that's talking about the placenta, or you're talking, well, that's talking about the repentance through baptism, or wherever you go with that, he says, there's what you were, but then there has to be a spiritual rebirth. We're talking about being born from the Spirit. This is a gift of God. This is the Holy Spirit coming inside of you. This is not your work. This is not climbing into your mom again. This is not doing the physical action again. This is God's gift that changes you spiritually. That is the deciding factor right there. It's God who remakes you. You're a miracle baby. The Holy Spirit has now touched you and you're different. Flesh gives birth to flesh, Jesus says. That's where babies come from. But the Spirit gives birth to Spirit. That's where Christians come from. 
That's where miracle babies come from. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. That's the context of this famous baseball game verse. New birth through belief, through faith. That's the gift. That's how you become something new. Because we're not just an exclusionary group. We're not just goody-goodies or prudes. We're miracle babies who have no earthly right to exist. Which brings me back to Santa Claus smacking Arius, which never happened because it was St. Nicholas, not Santa Claus, and it probably wasn't even Arius. It may not even been there. I don't know. But help me out. If you had no right, earthly right, to exist as a Christian, how can you and I ever feel justified in smacking somebody else who also lacks the same earthly right? How can we attack the very people that we praise God that he has saved us from being through no action of our own, through no right and merit of our own? How can I despise the very people I'm desperately wanting to see live in Christ? I don't want to smack truth into people. Sometimes I want to smack people. But rarely when I'm actually honoring God. God so loved the world. He loved this broken world so much that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. God didn't send his son into the world to condemn the world but to save the world through him. Because let's be honest, what's the next verse say? The world's already broken. The world's already condemned. The default is condemnation. We don't need God or each other to break each other or to condemn each other. We've done done that already. We're born broken. We need fixing. I can't make somebody jump through a hoop. I can't say if I just make this legal or that illegal, if I just force you to sit in your self in a pew, if I can just make you put money in a plate, if I can just make you, if I can just force you to read the Bible, if I can just force you to, if I can just force you to vote for, if I can just, if I can, if I can press, if I can, if I can. I would say that the one commonality there is us doing, but let's be honest, the one commonality there is I. If I can just make you. Children, you're not God. Only God can change a person. And only that person can let him. Be a midwife, but don't be God. Contrary to popular opinion, this idea of reaching out and saying, just reach back, just live as a child of God, this is really not that complicated. We do whole classes, whole sermon series on how to share your faith. Those aren't bad. But this is not complicated. Anybody who knows me at all knows I'm a sci-fi geek. They know that I love the Chicago Bears and the Chicago Cubs through grace because it is an unmerited favor. <laughs> they know that I love my family. I love my children. I love my wife. I love my dog. I love good pizza. If you know me at all, you know that, right? And I don't really have to work that hard to explain it, do I? 
do I have to watch my wording carefully because I can't tell you about my dog because you might just be offended because you also like your dog. So I can't mention mine. I can't say I love that my daughter's home because you go, I have a daughter. What's wrong with my daughter? I was just saying I love my daughter. I have a daughter too. Do I have to watch my wording very, very carefully? I don't want to offend. Or do I say, I love my daughter. Your daughter's great too. But I love my daughter. How complicated is that? Do you find yourself, when you're telling somebody that you enjoyed dinner last night, watching your words oh so very carefully? Do you find yourself, when you talk about how much your dog is cute, maybe even showing a picture of your cat, do you find yourself saying, oh, maybe I shouldn't, because they're not dog people, they're cat people. No, I I love my wife, I love my children, I love my dog, I love the bears, I love Star Wars. I'm not afraid of those things. Oh, I love Jesus Christ. Should I be ever so much more careful in telling people about that love? Or does it just burble forth? You might go, I don't. Okay, I wish you did. I do. Well, then why did you tell me that if I don't already? Because I do. And I wish you did. Merry Christmas. I love my Lord. I didn't deserve being saved. If I tell you that I love my Lord and that I think he's the Savior and I think he's the only way that someone can be saved because he repeatedly said so. And Peter said so. and Paul said so. I'm not saying that because I'm better than you. I'm saying that because I love you and I love my Lord. And I'd like to see you wacky kids get together. We get to tell people. We get to tell people. We get to tell people where eternal life is. We get to point to this cornucopic gift that we open and it's still full. And I give it to somebody else and it's still full. And I give it to somebody else and it's still full. And I give it to somebody else and it's still full. And I give it to somebody else and not only that, but now they have it. And they can give it to people and it's still full. And they can give it to people and it's still full. Don't stick it behind the tree and say, I don't want to offend anybody because they didn't bring a gift for me. Just, you get to tell people that you're a miracle baby. Peter wrote, praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Praise him actively, overtly, run around praising him. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth. Just like Isaac, just like Samson, just like Samuel, just like John, just like Jesus You're a miracle baby. Shout that from the rooftops. You're a miracle baby. You've been given new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish or spoil or fade because you have been given new birth like Jesus at Christmas through the resurrection of Jesus Christ at Easter. Your life is Christmas Easter every day, every day, every day. You're not just a miracle baby. You're a miracle child of the living God. Not just given new birth, but given new birth into that family, into an inheritance that's kept in heaven for you. You aren't swiping it. You're not sneaking in. It's yours. 
You deserve it because of your inheritance as being part of the family, because you're a miracle baby born through no effort of yours. You deserve what you never deserved. But because you're where you're sitting now as a miracle baby, now you do deserve it. It's your inheritance. God is holding all of everything for you who through faith are shielded. He's protecting you by God's power until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed the last time. It's not just going to be sitting there. It's sitting there now. It's already sitting there and it doesn't perish or spoil or fade. It doesn't break. It doesn't get lost. Your faith is shielded. You are shielded. Your inheritance is shielded by God, your Father, who has given you new birth. In this you greatly rejoice. So praise God. Shout it from the rooftops. Though now for a little while you may have had to suffer grief and all kinds of trials. Peter's not stupid. He's not naive. He knows that life isn't easy. But he also knows that your joy isn't based on your happiness and your circumstance your joy is based on knowing who you are whose family you're part of and to know that god says i know exactly what you're going through part of why i came to walk through it with you is so that you know that i know exactly what you're going through and i'm saying even as you go through that you can have joy because those trials that come they come so that your faith which is of greater worth than gold this miracle faith you have gold perishes even though refined by fire but your faith may be proved genuine, may result in praise and glory and honor when Jesus is revealed. And now we're back to praise again. Because of course a miracle baby is going to praise God. In heaven, right? But every time we say the Lord's Prayer, aren't we supposed to be living here with the same heart that we plan to live with in heaven? So that praise should be starting now. You should be living out that kingdom now. Though you haven't seen him, you love him. Even though you don't see him right now, you believe in him. You're filled with an inexpressible, glorious joy. And now we're back to praise again. Not based on what we see or don't see, but based on what we know. And that should start now. For you are receiving the greatest Christmas present of all time. The goal of your faith, the salvation of your souls. You miracle babies of god the father it is not complicated you ever tell people that you love your kid you ever tell people that you loved your trip you ever tell people that you love that pizza you ever tell people that you love that team this week of all weeks maybe every week tell them how much you love jesus christ and why give them that gift that just keeps being full every time you give it Amen. Let's pray. Dear Lord, I thank you so much. I thank you for miracle baby birth. I thank you for all those of us that had no earthly way that we could have possibly been born again. Help us to see that as the genuine miracle that it is. Help us, Lord, to be your people living out your kingdom in every interaction that we have. I pray, help us not smack areas, but help us to reach out to them. In Jesus' name and for your glory, amen.